Welcome back to the Rosk Podcast. I don't remember what episode number this is, but in this episode, my rambling might actually serve me a benefit because this topic isn't very long and I don't want to make a five-minute podcast. So for those of you who listened to last episode that was over an hour long, I think you're crazy. But crazy is what makes the world go round or at least what makes people go into healthcare. So Without further delay, let's get into this topic, leaders versus contributors. And I want you to keep these three. It's, oh, before I get into that, um, a little bit of progress news. I am delighted to say I have started the design inside and out of a sort of guided journal that I have been wanting to make for this small and tight-knit community, which hopefully will grow as time goes on and as I become more consistent and reliable in contributing content for you all. Those of you who are already signed up and those of you who will be signed up before it comes out will be getting a free copy as soon as I get one. I'm still in the design phase. I'm still finalizing everything and figuring out what I want in it, how many pages I want and all that stuff. And as soon as I have one in my hands, you'll be the first to know and you'll also be the first after me to get one in your hands. So stay tuned and sign up if you haven't already. www.rosk.life. www.rosc.life. That's going to be really annoying to transcribe into captions when I edit and render this video. So the three insights that I want you to keep in mind for this and at the end of it, come back to it are Number one, take a moment to think about what the difference is between a thought leader and a thought contributor and what that means to you. Number two, practice evaluating each contribution you make throughout your day as a sample rather than as an identity of who you are or as an identifier of who you are. And number three, make a contribution. Ask yourself, how did it help? And then ask yourself, what could I do the next time to make that even more helpful? So with the rise of social media communication, which is very apparent, so too is the rise in thought leaders. And the world of medicine and healthcare is not at all immune to this. Um, and that isn't to necessarily detract from um, free open access medicine, but the environment we create for our minds in times of ease will end up affecting how we react and how we're affected in times of stress. They say that, you know, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of your conditioning. And I think that that will apply as we go through this discussion. And the other thing that I want you to keep in mind is the more we lower ourselves to the opinions of others, the more we begin to lean on those other opinions and the more we become dependent on it. Now, this isn't necessarily to say that Every opinion is on an equal playing field. It isn't necessarily. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. Not every opinion is necessarily valid or entitled to be considered an equal truth to other opinions. Um, I know that might sound like it's getting far beyond what we're talking about in healthcare. But in general, while an opinion is valid to have, every opinion doesn't have the same weight to it. And I'm saying that here in the context of lowering yourself to the opinions of others, just by default, because you don't consider yourself to be in a position to give an opinion, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about here. As leaders and followers in a team, 
it's important to create an environment where thought contribution is welcome. That thought contribution actually does contribute to the to the group as well as to you as the individual. And all we're looking to create is an environment that allows those thoughts to come to surface. That's it. When they come to surface, they can then be evaluated. They can then be discussed and exchanged. And some of those thoughts might be better than others. Some might even lead to progress. But that is the crux. That's where the power of debriefing comes in. The thing is, if we go towards that leaning on the opinions of others, people who we consider to be leaders, um, whether that's actual qualification or just an arbitrary designation, we will become stagnant as individuals and as groups. And now again, this isn't necessarily to discredit the actual thought leaders that exist out there. Um, This is more to emphasize the fact that contribution to a leading thought is perhaps more valuable than just being a thought leader. The contribution of thought, the contribution of ideas towards a leading thought is what gives rise to thought leadership. If you talk to anyone who's considered to be a thought leader or a pioneer or on the front line of research and of cutting edge ideas, you will see over time that they've grown in their knowledge. So clearly there is something to be contributed to their thought leadership. Now that brings about the understanding in life in general, but particularly in what we're talking about, that if you evaluate things that are said by what's said and not who says it, your world tends to open up. And humility starts to seep into your your world because if you can put if you if you place that in the um same sort of field as what we're talking about here with thought contribution then if you're a thought leader in some specific area and you come across an idea you're not necessarily sitting and evaluating who's giving it to you you're evaluating what's being given to you That doesn't mean you take that and say it is now part of my repertoire. What it does do is it allows you to take it, it's brought to the surface, and evaluate it, consider it. But you won't consider it if you don't have the humility to understand that thought contribution is a far greater tool than thought leadership. And this is what makes a follower a type of leader. And this is also, along the same lines, what breaks down the questioning of your own authority. Um, the feeling of being an imposter, a fake, uh, someone who has no right to be contributing to something that falls by the wayside because nobody is questioning your authority on it. Nobody is imposing upon you an authority position and no one has to. And this is exactly what we're talking about with imposter syndrome, right? When the question arises of who am I to be talking about this topic, uh, there are people who are far more qualified to be talking about this particular issue? What if somebody finds out that I'm not actually a leader in this thing? All of those things don't mean anything when you understand that the contribution of thought to a group, to an entity, to a community ends up being the most valuable thing. And it's what allows for progress to be made. I'm sure you can think of many critical events in general where the thought from somebody who decided to contribute helped move something in a particular direction or helped bring certain ideas to the table that were otherwise forgotten or fell by the wayside or are being reconsidered given a new context, you've probably experienced something like that. And that's what allows other ideas to then form. It's all about bringing the contribution to the surface with the humility that 
Some things are right and some things are wrong, no matter where they're coming from. It's about whether or not it's right or wrong. And that takes evaluating. But evaluating only happens when things come to the surface. People of varying experience, varying levels of training, various backgrounds have the ability to bring varied ideas to the table. And some might be good, some might not be good. And that's fine. But bringing those ideas forward allows many things to happen. It allows things to move in a forward direction. It allows ideas to be reconsidered given the context. And it allows you to evaluate yourself in terms of how you contributed and how you can contribute in a different way, a better way, whatever way you might want to contribute, but bringing it forward and, and being able to contribute without the fear of not being a leader in something or the fear of being an imposter, putting that all by the wayside allows you to bring the thought forward, allows you to contribute, and allows for more of a cohesive unit to form. It allows voices to be heard, and it allows one to feel themselves be sort of accepted into a group. That's what allows bad ideas to surface for yourself and not cripple you. It allows the bad idea to come to surface and you realize that it's not the end of the world and that you're allowed to bring those to the table. You're allowed to make mistakes. And either the fear of being judged for it or the fear of it being taken and everything going the wrong way, both of those just disappear. Because it's about bringing the idea forward, the practice of developing ideas, which in and of itself is a skill that can be practiced, but it can't be practiced if it's not done. Bringing the idea forward, allowing yourself to experience whether an idea was good, bad, or indifferent, and then allowing yourself in that moment to then evaluate it, figure out how you would tweak it, figure out how you, did, how you would tweak your delivery, your presentation, your idea in general, or your understanding of the situation. Now, being an imposter is really only natural when you're going down an unpaved path. That's how everybody starts with contribution, which then leads to being a thought leader. It's the same idea as looking at a best-selling author and wondering how they manage to rack out these amazing books, three, four, five bestsellers, when you're not looking at the 30, 40, 50 other books that they wrote that nobody ever read. But the real value of debriefing, like when you're in a critical situation, a cardiac arrest, you're recapping uh, uh, even a meeting, something as benign as a meeting or as significant as a life-saving measure. Part of why we recap in a situation is to take the natural seeping in of the chaos, relinearize everything and start to think of things in a more linear fashion using the information you now have after going through a few minutes of more work. But the other part of it is to open the floor for people who are approaching the same situation from literally different angles and asking what other ideas we have, what other thoughts, are there any other thoughts that we can entertain? Bringing it to the table and then it's evaluated and it's seen, is that a good idea or not? The real thing is getting over that fear of bringing about a bad idea. Now. There are actually two aspects to that. One is being in an environment that allows you to bring that bad idea forward without being chastised or beheaded. But at the end of the day, on an individual level, 
what you really have control over is your comfort with bringing that idea forward. And the reason why that's the more important thing is because if you're the person in the room that can control how an idea is received, then great, you're fitting one part of the puzzle. But everybody is in a situation where they may or may not have their idea accepted. Either by you, yourself, judging yourself, or by the person you're giving it to. The thing is, you can actually create a solution for all of that as a contributor. You can reframe the feedback that you get or the criticism that you get and understand what it really means. And also, you're getting the benefit of practicing putting out the idea and then reevaluating it from the third person and figuring out how you can improve it the next time. Speaking of next time, we'll see you next time.